0: Welcome to the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. We're diving into Mark, the Gospel of Mark in chapter 13. I encourage, you, if you have your Bible with you, to look at it along with me. Because for us today, our Lord Jesus Christ is calling us to three different things: to stay awake, to remain faithful. And to be on guard. Someone's walking in downtown New York City. Someone shouts out, the end is near. And there is a sign that they also have. And it's a street corner pastor. The multitudes are going on with their lives, passing by his shouts and looking away from his sign. Perhaps he needs a better sign. The advent is near. For truly his coming, and at his coming, his appearance, when he comes, and we are seeing him face to face, it will be the end of the old age, but it's also the beginning. The beginning of the new. And until his advent, his return, his appearance, we must be prepared for the arrival of our king. Now, no one waits around before company comes over, right? No, we stress out. We stress about cleaning up our homes as quickly as possible, quickly and hurriedly. And we do so to prepare our home to be their home. We stress over our plans to welcome and to entertain our guest, our visitor. We even we search our closets for the right outfit to clothe ourselves outwardly to impress our guests. So how much more should we be doing the same by cleaning the home of our Lord, our soul, and preserving our body as the temple of the Holy Spirit? We should dress ourselves in our king's robes of righteousness and visit and feed and clothe those who are lacking and those who are in need. Oh, but instead, what do we do? We trouble ourselves about the cares of the world, and we're choked by the thorns and the thistles of the ever-seeking, deceitful appearances of happiness, or the way the world defines happiness. But today's gospel lesson is a call to us to turn away from the hustle and the bustle of material happiness and to prepare for the promise of God for Christ's return. Now, Mark 13 is known as the Little Apocalypse because it describes what would and what will happen to the Jewish people and to the people of God and to the nations of this world after Christ's earthly ministry. Midway through the chapter, Jesus makes a curious warning to watch for the signs of the coming abomination of desolation in verse 14. Now, if we know the Holy Scriptures like we ought This reference in verse 14, the abomination of desolation, that should draw our attention, remind us of something we've heard before, that the prophet Daniel notes in his book in three different cases. Daniel tells us that this abomination of desolation will end the temple sacrifice, end the burnt offering. It'll be set up within the temple of God. It will profane the temple. Now, as Anglicans were reformed and catholic next we should open up the apocryphal book of first maccabees in chapter one and we learn what happens after daniel prophesies this abomination and before christ jesus so before or after the old testament and before the new what happens we learn that antiochus epiphanes attacks Jerusalem, the holy city where the temple is at, and, quote, there erected a desolating sacrilege upon the altar of burnt offerings. They also built altars in the surrounding cities of Judah, and they burned incense at the doors of the houses, and not only in the houses, but there in the streets. The books of the law, the holy scripture they found, was torn to pieces and burned with fire. And where the book of the covenant was found in the possession of anyone, or if anyone adhered to the law, the decree of the king condemned him to death. They kept using violence against Israel, and they found against those month after month in the cities. And on the 25th day of the month, they offered sacrifice on the altar of our Lord God. But they offered a sacrifice to whom? To the Greek god, the false god, Zeus, we learn in 2 Maccabees desecrating the temple, having debauchery there in God's holy place. And there were even fellow Jews, fellow people of God, who conspired with this invading horde. And they told the people of God to compromise and to become like the pagan Greeks. Now, this horde may be, for us, confined to the past. But then we look at Mark 13, and we begin in chapter 14, and we see Jesus is talking about a future abomination of desolation. And indeed, for his disciples, and for the Jewish people in Jesus' time, there was coming another desecration of the temple, in which every stone would be unturned. For you see, after Christ Jesus, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection, and ascension to the right hand of God the Father, 40 years later, in A.D. 70, Rome comes in. Israel rebels, seeks independence from Rome, and Rome swiftly retakes Jerusalem. And Titus, a future Roman emperor, then a general, once again desolates the temple of God, raises it. So truly, not one stone was left unturned, as Jesus prophesies. Now, each prophecy in Daniel and in Mark, from the word of the Lord, from Jesus' lips, has an immediate fulfillment. For Daniel is Antiochus IV in 167 BC. For Jesus, the initial fulfillment is the Roman general Titus in AD 70. And I know I'm giving you this history lesson, but listen here, church, listen. However, although Daniel's prophecy is fulfilled in 167 BC, it's also cited in the Gospel of Matthew, in his account about what Jesus says in today's Gospel reading in Mark. Because both Matthew and Mark a recording of the prophecy from Jesus that has also not yet been fulfilled. Like prophets of old in the Old Testament, there's an immediate fulfillment, but also yet to come aspect of the prophecies. That means that we're looking to the fulfillment. That means there is something that we should be aware of as the church of God, as the people of God. Several things have yet to come, have yet to occur that Jesus says in the Gospels. And although contemporary scholars will claim that there's no future fulfillment, because after all, they claim, the temple was destroyed, so how could anything else be fulfilled? But the plain reading of Scripture in chapter thirteen, in verses nineteen through twenty four, tell us that Christ's words have not been completely fulfilled, as certainly we have yet to see, quote, the Son of Man coming in clouds and the angels gathering his elect as he's promised. So there are several things that cannot be completed until Christ's advent, his return. Now Paul tells us church in second Thessalonians, the same warning that Christ Jesus gives us in Mark chapter 13. He says, "Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come. Unless the rebellion comes first, a man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called god and object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Now the Roman general Titus did not do this when he profaned God's temple before raising it to the ground. And on account of this prophecy remaining unfulfilled, some have thought that the temple of God may be rebuilt. And then the Antichrist will exalt himself within the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. But I fear it may be more akin to what the medieval Franciscans thought, what Martin Luther thought, what other Reformed theologians suspected, namely that the church itself will see the rise of Antichrist and someone from within the church will lead the world and others astray. Now why would someone think that? The reason for this interpretation is due to Paul and Christ Jesus pointing out that the true body of Christ is the church. And the body of Christ is the true temple, the temple of the Holy Spirit. But what I'm sharing with you today is not a history lesson. What I'm sharing with you today is both warning, but also encouragement. A warning to test the spirits of this age. To test the teachers with the only thing that is reliable in this life, the Word of God. Know the Word of God. Know it so that you may discern the leaves of the fig tree. Far too often, people will devour what YouTubers have to say, what bloggers have to say, what others think about Christ's return. What do they suspect? What do they feel? And yet they never dust off their own Bible to read what Christ Jesus is telling us here in Mark today. Be on guard. Be on guard. Don't chase after someone's false visions and notions of what will happen. For only the Father knows when the Advent will occur. Instead, instead hear the word of Christ in verse 23. And to be on guard By resting and reading the Holy Scripture. As Jesus tells us in verse 31, Heaven and earth will pass away, but he promises, My words will not pass away. There is where our trust should lie. God never lies. So rest upon his promises that the elect will be protected and not fall away. Rest upon his promises to trust in faith and how Christ is calling you on how to know him through his written word and by how you live. By taking in that written word and inwardly digesting it. Christ Jesus tells us too today to remain faithful. Remain faithful. Not despair. Not worry about the future. Not be hopeless, for we do not live as the rest of the world. We live with a hope that Christ has come. Christ has risen. And Christ will come again. Remain faithful by remaining in Christ and soaking yourself in His written words, and His written teaching. Do not be deceived and be called away from our true love, Jesus the Messiah. Do not fall away to false idols and false saviors. That tickle ears. Instead, listen to Jesus' command to stay awake. Stay awake. By studying and learning the Holy Scriptures. Why study the written Word of God? Because the living Word of God tells us today in verse 23, I have told you all these things beforehand. How will we know what He has told us unless we read from the Scriptures What he has told us. We cannot be like people who own a mirror, but they never actually use the mirror to fix your appearance. We just walk outside, ignoring what we see. Yet, I fear that far too often we own Bibles, multiple Bibles, and yet we never learn to read them to read about the One who loved us and who is calling us to lean into His bosom like St. John, to take in His Holy Spirit and to live refreshed lives, bubbling forth from the eternal spring that Jesus provides. Let us drink from that well. Because Jesus warns us too, in the last verses of Mark 13, that we live now in a time where the Master has left His house to us, the servants. And he's left the house to us to take care of. We are the doorkeepers to our master's home. And we are called to stay awake for his return. Stay awake. Not dive off into the cares of the world. Not ignore what Christ Jesus is calling us to do. Calling us to be. To be new life in a dead world. We don't know the hour of his return but we're commanded to prepare for his return. Because he tells us, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, lest he suddenly come and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. So regardless of the hour of life that we find ourselves in, whether or not young or old, whether or not working or tired, whether or not irrespective of the challenges of today the unpopularity of jesus christ we are called to stay awake no matter if the hour is new in the morning or late in the middle of the night stay awake so while we are on guard and staying awake as christ commands us what does that look like church what does it look like It's easy to hear these words of staying awake, of being on guard, remaining faithful. But what does that look like for us? It looks like the colic that we prayed this morning for today. A stirring up of the Holy Spirit within us. So that we produce yearly, monthly, daily, an overabundance of good works in loving our neighbor. So that we continue to bring life the thorns and thistles who are around us. We are living vines that spread forth as branches from the true vine, Jesus Christ the Messiah. His life lives in us in grace through the Holy Spirit. And that Savior, that very same Savior, is coming to restore all things, as we prayed this morning. To restore all things, people of God. To wipe away every tear from every eye. Are you preparing yourself for that glorious day? And how you live now. By what you read today. And how you love your neighbor today. Hear the words of St. Augustine. Let no one search out the last day, when it is to be. But let us watch by our good lives, lest the last day fall upon any one of us and we are unprepared. Church, the call is to live today as though it's the only day that you have, because it is the only day that you have. You can never possess yesterday. You can never grasp tomorrow. You only have this moment right now in this pew where you're at. And as soon as you blink or you think about it, even it's past and gone. You only have this moment. So stay awake and take hold of it. Make holy the time that you live and that you have in front of you right now. Love the neighbor who is in front of you at this moment. Praise God right here, right now. And as you exit out these doors, continue praising Him, loving Him. Caring for those who need the love of a neighbor. Fan the flames of the gift of God that he's given to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And trust in him that he will work and is working within you. And remain faithful. Be on guard and live by faith. By knowing that your Savior, through his written words, has promised you eternal life. Trust in Him, believe upon Him, and call upon Him. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd Pelham, Alabama podcast. We hope that you'd visit us in person. We have Sunday worship uh, every Sunday at 1030 in the morning. And you can visit us on our website at www.goodshepherdacna.com or visit us on Facebook at Good Shepherd ACNA. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast. It not only makes us feel better, but more importantly, it helps those who are searching for Anglican podcasts find podcasts like this one and other ones that are out there on the web. Thank you, God bless, and have a good one. The Lord be with you, and with thy spirit lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is meet and right so to do.